0: Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened.
1: Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Happy Easter. Did you know that the miracle that centers our hope and fuels our hope was first heard in a cemetery? I never thought I would get to do this, but because of the unique situation where we're finding ourselves sheltered in our homes and we're worshiping in isolation, I had the opportunity to do something that's always been on my bucket list. I thought, wouldn't it be great to preach the message of Easter from a cemetery in a place where we can't help but be reminded of our mortality, to have the opportunity to preach the good news of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. As we all know, that good news that changes changes the world and changes our lives was first heard in a cemetery 2,000 years ago outside of Jerusalem. In the story that Krista read to us from Luke's beautiful account and his gospel, we go to the cemetery with three brave women whose lives had been changed by Jesus, who had come to love him for the Savior and, 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 the, and the source of hope that he was. And their hopes have been crushed. As just a couple days before, on that Friday, Jesus was nailed to a cross. They watched him die. These brave women watched him as he was taken down and taken to the to the tomb and they watched him as his body was hurriedly prepared and put away. They had spent Saturday like the rest of their friends, sitting in a state of despair and wonder and apprehension, wondering what the future held. Yeah, they were sheltering in place. But on Easter morning, they headed out to the place where they had seen Jesus been laid Much like people come to a cemetery like this to honor the memory of someone that they love. Oh, were they in for a surprise. As they approached uh, the tomb of Jesus, they saw that it had been disturbed. As they went inside to investigate, they were met by messengers of God. They are described in Luke as two men whose clothes were shining bright. We know that uh, the other accounts describe them as angels. Actually, the word angel in the Greek language, angelos, literally means messenger. This was one of those moments, like the birth of Jesus, when God was intervening, doing something powerful and important, something that was not natural, something that was supernatural. And God, in his mercy and his love for us, provides an intervention, a message from heaven itself, as, as the women who went to the tomb heard from the angels. First a question. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? And we're gonna talk about this morning the the miracle that the resurrection of Jesus transforms the death of Jesus from a tragedy to a triumph. Then they told them that he's not here, he has risen. And we're gonna, again, um, consider together the wonderful transformation at the end of our lives when a question mark is transformed into an exclamation mark because he is risen indeed. And lastly, we're gonna take a look at how uh, the resurrection of Jesus changes the shape of our lives from being a religion to a relationship as we look at those important words remember. In fact, let's look at those now. In Luke chapter 24, we find that the, the words of the messengers or the angels were these. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he is risen. And then these words. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified on the third day, and on, be crucified and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. You know, they weren't going to the cemetery expecting a miracle. They were going to the cemetery to reflect on the death of their Lord. And that death was really important. It's impossible to have a resurrection if there wasn't a death that preceded it. But the important thing about the resurrection is that it empowers and validates everything that the scriptures had said about the death of Jesus. The death of Jesus was an unspeakable tragedy. His disciples were were grieving that death. But the death of Jesus was necessary, for the scriptures from the very beginning were clear that the wages of sin is death, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and that a sacrifice must be made to atone for the sins of the world. On that awful day that we call Good Friday, something powerfully important was happening. As Jesus himself, the very Son of God, was offering his life as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. When from the cross, Jesus says, it is finished. That, that's unspeakable hope for sinners like us. My wife Kathy and I were talking about that this week. Maybe you've been talking more about spiritual things, about your relationship with God during this time of uncertainty. We were talking about the, uh, the good news that it is finished. We were talking about how God forgives us, how looking back on our lives, that those things that we wish wouldn't have happened, that we wouldn't have said, that they've been taken care of. God is not counting those against us. When Jesus went to the cross, he died for those things and he remembers them no more. (laughs) Some of us have uh, been doing a little bit of remembering. Some friends of mine have been sorting through pictures. Every once in a while, I'll get a text or I'll see on Facebook a picture from a friend's past that brings back good memories. You know, during this time, all of our memories aren't, well, they aren't the best memories. Kathy said, just imagine, Jeff, if you look back on your life like God looked back on your life, think of how some of those memories shape your relationships with others today. Think how hard it is to not have those in mind when you're in the middle of a stressful situation and those memories come back. She reminded me that that God, as he looks at me, as he looks at us, that he doesn't remember those things anymore. Could you imagine that there's no barrier of sin between you and God because Jesus took, he took upon himself to step in the gap, to take upon himself the judgment that our sins deserve so that we might be at peace with God. The resurrection turned the death of Jesus from a tragedy into a triumph. As the messenger said to the women, he must... Be handed over to sinful men. He must be crucified. Why? Because of God's great love for you and for me that we might not fear one day standing before him accountable for all of our sins. Jesus took care of that. Secondly, the resurrection of Jesus transforms the end of our lives from a question mark to an exclamation. Pastor Vern was reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 earlier, that powerful chapter. And if you have time later today, we all have a lot of time, right? If you have questions about the resurrection, if you have questions about what's going to happen when Jesus comes back, it's covered beautifully in, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. But I'm just going to read these words. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ we're to be pitied more than all men. The death of Jesus was a wonderful act of sacrificial love, but did it have power? Paul says it didn't have power unless Jesus rose from the dead. But in verse 20, Paul writes this, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive, but each in his own turn. Christ the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. And so we realize today that because Christ was raised, God has made promises about our future. Because death did not have the last word in Jesus' life, death will not have the last word in our lives either. You see, there's this powerful change that happened when Jesus rose from the dead. That change is our perspective on the finality of death. Some of you who are watching this maybe have already done this, or in the next few minutes are going to do this. You're going to hit pause on your... uh, on your device on which you're watching uh, this Easter message. And you're gonna go fill up the coffee cup or make sure the toast didn't burn and get resettled and then you're gonna hit play again and life will go on. You know, when Jesus rose from the dead, that was a reminder of what uh, death is is like for us, that it has lost its power, it has lost its finality. And that uh, one day, uh, God's gonna hit play again We're going to be raised from the dead and life is going to continue in a marvelously different, wonderful way because Jesus rose from the dead. Paul said it's like the first fruits. I grew up in a southern Minnesota town where the summer was defined by the pea pack and the corn pack. I grew up in a, in a town where the Green Giant Company had its cannery. And uh, when those first trucks came in from the, from the fields with that first load of peas, we know that that was just the first load that many more loads would follow. In the Old Testament, it was called the first fruits. As the fields were ready to harvest, that first, that first wagon load or whatever that came in from, from the field, that was the first fruits and that was often offered as a sacrifice to God. We as believers understand that right now uh, we are waiting for Jesus to return. As you look around in this cemetery, there are a lot, lots of those who are well, let's just put it this way: their souls have gone to heaven, their remains are here, but really, their lives have been placed on pause. Their souls are with Jesus, waiting for God to press play again when life will again uh, continue and, and take shape in a wonderful way. We, don't have, we, we wonder when, but we don't wonder if life will go on. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we too will be raised from the dead. One last thing. The resurrection of Jesus changes our understanding of life with God from a religion to a relationship little did those women know when they went to the tomb that they would see jesus again jesus would not be just a memory although they would never forget the moments they shared with him that would not be the end of their relationship with jesus later jesus would appear to to his apostles and and we can imagine the joy that they experienced when they saw their living lord you see when jesus rose from the dead he revealed himself to the to his uh, disciples, as uh, Pastor Vern read, but he also then would ascend into heaven. And we know that right now, as we are here on this earth, we have a living Lord who is seated at the Father's right hand in heaven, and he is aware of us, he knows us, he hears our prayers. We have a relationship with God because we have a relationship with a living Lord who is seated at the Father on our behalf. He hears our prayers. He hears our prayers that are spoken and unspoken. and We've been praying a lot of those lately. So I'm thinking about Alexa. Alexa hears everything in my home. In fact, uh, sometimes I think she hears more than I want her to hear. It's amazing. I don't, I don't have to say her voice clearly. I have a grandson who will go unnamed that will say, Wexa play the hippopotamus and for some reason he didn't even say her name right but he seemed to understand him and and know what he wanted you understand that that uh, Alexa is just a human toy or shadow compared to the reality that we have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ that right now he is able to hear the prayers of all of his people he puts Alexa to shame he knows our name he knows the sound of our voice he knows our hearts desire, he knows our anxious thoughts, and he hears us when we pray. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, the death of Jesus was transformed from a tragedy into a triumph. The end of our lives is no longer a question mark, it's an exclamation mark, the best is yet to come. And the shape of our lives in relating to God is not just a religion, it's defined by a relationship. Let's look at how this account in Luke ended. And we find our friend Peter uh, central to how this story ended. Peter, like the other apostles, uh, was uh, sheltering in place on Easter morning, wondering what would happen next. Think of all the, uh, the disciples of Jesus or the apostles, Peter probably had the most on his heart and on his mind. Peter's Good Friday did not end well. Thursday night before Jesus died Peter had succumbed in his flesh Peter had succumbed in his weakness to the pressure of the moment and he denied that he even that he that he knew Jesus he denied his Lord and then he watched him die and he heard that he had been put in the tomb could you imagine what was on his heart I can imagine what would have been on my heart there are times in my heart when my own failure and my own sin clouds my awareness of jesus and all he's done for me on uh, thursday mornings i meet with a group of guys we open god's word and we talk about it and talk about life and pray for each other We talked about Peter on this last Thursday. It happened to be when Jesus was washing the disciples' feet, and Peter, like he often did, just had a hard time figuring out what Jesus was doing and kind of had a better idea. The guys I share life with, man, we love Peter. Peter is a reminder that God meets us, not at our strengths, but at our weakness. Peter went to the tomb. It says, in fact, Peter got up and ran to the tomb, bending over. He saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened." Oh, he had some good news that eventually would sink into his soul. In the, in the account that Mark gives us of, uh, of that Easter morning, the messenger, the angel, says to the women at the tomb to go tell his disciples and tell Peter. Peter in his struggle and his doubt had no idea how much the God of hope loved him and was looking forward to dispelling his fear and his guilt, that Peter might know the good news that it is finished, that God was not dealing with him according to his sin, but according to his mercy and his love. And Jesus made that permanent. He made that unshakable, that Peter could know forgiveness based on what Jesus did for him on the cross and Peter would have a future and a hope one day he would see his Lord face to face again in heaven in the meantime he would have the privilege of serving him knowing that Jesus was with him in fact Peter would be with the others as they looked up to heaven and Jesus ascended back to the Father we're still waiting for him we're still waiting for that great trumpet sound when the dead in Christ will rise and we'll be all united with him. Peter heard those words, those last words of Jesus as recorded in Matthew. I will never leave you or forsake you. I will be with you always. And he is with us. He's with us today in the midst of these uh, interesting times that we're living in. We can know that because of Jesus' resurrection, his death, means our sins have been taken care of. Because of Jesus' resurrection, we know that our future is secure. And because of uh, Jesus' resurrection, we can understand that right now we have a relationship with the living God. Maybe even at this moment in your life, on Easter, on this Easter, maybe because of what has been happening around us, you're kind of like Peter. He looked in, the, he looked in that grave that empty grave and wondered what it meant. God in his mercy, by his Holy Spirit, would remind him of the truth of what Jesus had done for him. And he would bring him peace and he would bring him hope. You may be living with that this morning. What a great morning to praise God and thank him for what he's done for you. You may be wondering, like Peter was on that moment, kind of how how things are between you and God. I'm here to tell you this morning that Jesus died for your sins. He, take, he took care of them. And that if you believe that, you can know for certain that, that your sin debt, the judgment that was against you, Jesus took care of that. It is finished. And you can also know that, that at the end of your life, you will not face God's judgment, but you will face, you will face the good news of seeing your Savior the one who knows about you now, the one who died for your sins, and the one who is waiting for you to turn to him if you haven't and simply say, Lord, have mercy on a sinner like me. And he will. And he will. He will take away those sins. He will count you as one of his own. And he will never leave you or forsake you. He will be with you always. So this morning I pray that... uh, that we will remember this day, I think we will remember this day, and that uh, as we look at the reminders around us in this place of our mortality, we are reminded that that death does not have the last word. Later in 1 Corinthians 15, we hear those powerful words, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? God has won the victory for us. And we have the privilege of living in that victory. So I hope you're encouraged by this good news this morning. God has, uh, God has chosen in his great mercy and love to extend us to us a living hope. Let's pray. Father, this morning on this, uh, on this day in this quiet place with the sounds of life all around and yet also the reminders of our mortality, we thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for the gift of hope. We thank you for the gift of salvation that you made possible through the death and resurrection of Jesus. We thank you that uh, in your great plan, you accomplished Jesus what must be accomplished, as the messenger said. You must be handed over. You must be crucified and and be raised on the third day. So Lord, these are things that uh, we know As the women were reminded of what you said, that that truth came to life in them. And we pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would take your word this morning, reminding us that this is not just uh, an event in history from the past. This is what you did to bring us to yourself, that we might live today with peace, that all is well between you, our Heavenly Father, and us, and hope that one day we will see you and that the best is yet to come. In the meantime, in this time of uncertainty, we pray that you would again remind us that we are not alone. We have a relationship with you and that you hear our prayers and that you give us hope. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.